Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today's Daf is Masachet Kedubot Cafe, Tractate Kedubot, Folio 25. We continue our sugya from yesterday. The Daf opens with a question, Ma'i Gedolah Chazakah? What is the strength or utility of Chazakah, a legal presumption? We have been talking about cases where a person could be presumed to be a Kohen, but what difference does that make? What does it allow him to do that he is not already doing? The specific case relates to the Olei Babel, the Jews coming back to Israel with Ezra. The first response is that originally in Babel, these people could only eat Truma de Rabbanad, since Truma de Oraita is a land-based mitzvah. Now that they have returned to where it's Israel, they can eat Truma de Oraita. Alternatively, you can say that now that they are in Eretz Yisrael, they can still eat Trumat Rabbanan, but that they are unable to eat Trumat Doraita. So when we say that we elevate from Trumat to priestly status, we are only talking about those who eat Trumat Doraita. In this case then, what is the Chidush? What is the power of the Chazakah? That even though we could decree that these priests not eat any Trumat at all, since they cannot eat Trumat Doraita because of their uncertain status, we still allow them to eat Truma de Rabbanan. But is it the case that they do not eat Truma de Raita? We have the verse from Ezra, which says they do not eat from Kodesh Kodeshim, the sacrificial portions. The implication is that they are permitted to eat from the Kodesh, that is, Truma de Raita. But you must say here, they do not eat from the Kodesh, that is, the Truma, because of the verse in Leviticus, and they do not eat from the Kodesh HaKodeshim because of another verse in Leviticus, referring to the restrictions of what a Bat Kohen who is married to a non-priest may eat from consecrated food. But a sage notes that this latter verse with its phrase Trumat HaKodeshim actually refers to sacrificial portions, what is Muramin HaKodeshim, rather than Truma. So it does not help us in our problem about whether we can elevate someone to priestly status on the basis of Nesiyat Kapayim their utterance of the priestly blessing. Tashma, come and learn. There is a presumption of priesthood with the priestly blessing in Babel, eating challah in Syria, and the distribution of priestly gifts in large towns. So, here it mentions the priestly blessing. Might we now confer priestly status, Yochasin? No, it only confers the power to eat Truma. But it makes a comparison to eating challah. So just as eating challah elevates the priestly status, so too the priestly blessing? No, for the eating of challah refers to truma alone, because he holds that challah in our day is the Rabbanan and truma is Doraita, and we elevate from challah the Rabbanan to truma Doraita. Rafuna ben Rabbi Yoshua reversed the words of the rabbis. Tashma, come and learn. There is a presumption for the priesthood with the priestly blessing and the distribution of priestly gifts at the threshing floor in the land of Israel. And in Syria, in all places where the messengers for Rosh Chodesh arrived, proof is provided by the priestly blessing, 
but not the distribution of priestly gifts at the threshing floor. And Babylonia is like Syria. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel says, also originally Alexandria and Egypt, because they had established courts there. Can we infer here that priestly blessing allows one to establish priestly status? No, only the eating of challah. But we compare this to the distribution of gifts at the threshing floor, and just as the distribution of gifts establishes status, so too the priestly blessing. No, the distribution of gifts only confers power to challah itself, nothing more, for he thinks that Truman our day is the Rabbanan and challah is the Raita. And we elevate from Truma de Rabbanan to Chala Doraita. This is like when Rav Huna ben Rav Yeshua found the rabbis in the house of Rav sitting and discussing. Even for the one who says Truma in our day is de Rabbanan, Chala is Doraita. For the seven years that they conquered the land under Joshua, and the seven years they distributed the land, they were obligated to do Chala, but not Truma. But I say to you, Adraba, O contraire. Even for the one who thinks Truma in our day is Doraita, Chala is Dorabanan. For we learn in a Braita according to verse in Numbers 15 regarding the Mitzvah of Chala, Bavachem el Haaretz, when you come into the land. Is it possible that Bavachem refers to the entrance of two or three spies into the land? Scripture says Bavachem, with the coming of all of you. I say, and not the entrance of some. And when Olei Babel came under Ezra, most of the people remained in Babel meaning that Chala nowadays is only Dorabanan and not Doraita. Tashma, come and learn. Presumption for the priesthood is the priestly blessing, the distribution of gifts at the threshing floors, and they do, testimony. But is testimony merely a presumption? Can you not say priestly blessing is like testimony? Just as testimony elevates to priestly status, so too does priestly blessing? No, it is that testimony which comes from the strength of presumption is like a chazakah. Now we have a few cases which demonstrate this point. In the first case, someone comes before Ravami and says, I presume that so-and-so is a Kohen. What did you see? That he was called to the Torah first. Is the presumption that he was a Kohen, or perhaps a great man who is thus entitled to the first Aliyah, even if he is not a Kohen? After him, a Levi was called, which would not happen with a great man. Ravami elevated him to the priesthood on this basis. A similar case happens before Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi regarding the presumption of a Levi. Here the witness sees him called second after a Kohen, so Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi accepts him as a Levi. In the third case, someone comes before Reish Lakish with the presumption that someone is a Kohen. He too has seen him called to the Torah first. But Reish Lakish now asks him about whether he took a priestly share from the threshing floor. Rabbi Elazar says you would deny him the priesthood if there are no threshing floors there? Sometime afterwards, Reish Lakish and Rabbi Elazar were both in the presence of Rabbi Yochanan. A similar case arose. Reish Lakish asked about the threshing floors, and Rabbi Yochanan, the teacher in Bar Puta of Reish Lakish, asked if he would deny him the priesthood if there were no threshing floors there. Reish Lakish looked askance at Rabbi Elazar, and in the language of Rashi, gave him the evil eye and said, You heard these words from the son of the blacksmith, from Yochanan ben, ben Nafra, but did not say them in his name. Rabbi and Rabbi Chia, one raised the son on the basis of his father to the priesthood, and the other raised one to Levi on the basis of his brother. 
Let it be concluded that it is Rabbi who elevated the son on the basis of his father to the priesthood. For we learn in a Baraita, one came and said, This is my son, and he is a Kohen. He was believed for the purposes of eating truma, but not for marriage, the words of Rabbi. Rabbi Chia said to him, If you believe him to eat truma, then believe him to marry. And if you do not believe him to marry, don't believe him to eat truma. Rabbi replied, I believe him to eat truma because this is in his hand. But to marry a woman is not in his hand. So the man can give his son truma himself, but he cannot marry him himself. Let it be concluded then that Rabbi elevated his son to the priesthood on the basis of the father. Since it is Rabbi who elevated the son on the basis of the father, it must be that Rabbi Chia elevated one to Levi on the basis of his brother. So why would Rabbi Chia elevate the brother but not the son? It is because he is a close relative whose testimony is therefore invalid. But is not a brother also a close relative? And here our daf ends. So we wait till tomorrow for the answer to our question. To recap, we have spent most of our daf establishing the limits of Chazakah, a presumption as it applies to the priesthood. When we presume someone is a priest, to what does that entitle him? We also saw a few actual cases, the rabbis in action, so to speak. We do not always see how the law actually works in the Talmud, so here we have a few cases. A particular note, perhaps, is Reish Lakish's response to Rabbi Elazar. While there are a number of stories in the Talmud which give full range to emotional expression, here we see a response to a case, which was thought worthy enough to be remembered for posterity. We thus gain some insight into the personality of Reish Lakish. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.